Hey, Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Okay, so I really like how God speaks to me. Like, if some of you have heard me preach before, he kind of breaks it down elementary style, or I, call, I used to say Barney style, but there's a whole generation that doesn't even know who Barney is, and so I just do the kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. And so the way that I share it is the way God speaks to me because I can understand it. Uh, um, not that I'm simple-minded, but uh, I can understand. Um, I see parallels in, in life that, that, that go hand-in-hand hand with God's word, if that makes sense. You know, Jesus talked about uh, the kingdom of God in parables one thing that everybody knew because it was a way of life and surviving was agriculture. So a lot of things were done with agriculture. And I think we can continue on today in the things, the different things that we experience in life um, and, and see God's word um, in those things. Amen? Well, I didn't hear a lot of amen, so most of y'all must not, must not think that's true. If not, you're going to learn today. If I can open this water. So I'm talking to you about hearing God's voice. And uh, the comparison that I'm talking about or the parallel is elk hunting. Okay. Any hunters in here ever been hunting before, ever, deer, anything? Okay. We've got a few. Um, I'm going to do my best to... Uh, get you caught up on, on elk hunting. So I've been doing some research. I've been studying, um, and the key word is studying um, and really focusing on what it is because it's not like any other type of hunting. Deer hunting, you just kind of sit in a stand. You can stalk and follow them or whatever, but most of the time you're just sitting in an area where they come through high traffic. All the cheaters throw food on the ground, um, but... You sit there and you're waiting, and elk hunting is different. It's not. You have to go out and you have to get them, and you have to call them in by using a bugle or uh, a different type of call to get their attention. But uh, before I get into all the nitty-gritty about um, elk hunting, um, we're going to lay a spiritual foundation. So if you've got your Bibles this morning, we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 3. Verse 1 through 21, I think they got it on the screen. If you're with me, say yeah. All right. Meanwhile, the boy, Samuel, served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages for the Lord, from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. I don't know why that detail matters, but that's what it says. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. 
Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never received a message from the Lord before. You can highlight that. The Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord called out as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that their sin, the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifice or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until morning and got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord said to him. Eli called out, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold back anything. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. And everything Samuel did was proved to be reliable in all Israel from Dan north to Beersheba in the the south knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and give messages to Samuel uh, there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all people, to all the people of Israel. So we know that Samuel didn't know God's voice for a couple different reasons. Number one, it took him three times to realize that it wasn't Eli. And it wasn't until Eli told him that it was the Lord calling out his name to go lie down and then how to respond when the Lord calls you. And it even says in verse three that, that Samuel didn't know the voice of God because he had not received a message from the Lord before. And I believe that, that God can still speak to us in an audible voice, but we have something today that Samuel only had a portion of, and, and that's the Bible. And we can know God's voice because we have his word. And if we read his word and know it, then we know when God speaks to us. I might have shared this story with you before, but I'm going to share it again anyway And this is how God revealed to me knowing God's voice and knowing his his word. Uh, One day I got home when I was working for the district. I got home early and uh, Jessica and the kids were out doing something still. And I was in my garage on my computer and and I needed to go inside and get a pen or a pencil or something. And and so I got up and it it was still daytime, four or five. And uh, I walked through the house. I didn't turn a light switch on because I could see the sun was up still. And so I got what I needed, went back to my office, and I was in my office for uh, a few hours. And, and next thing you know, you know, it was dark outside, but I had to use the restroom. For whatever silly reason, which when I tell you, I'll, I know why now, uh, I decided to walk to the back of the house where our bathroom was and utilize the restroom, but I didn't turn a light on. It was completely dark. 
but I navigated completely through my house. I didn't stub my toe and cuss or anything. And, and on my way back, God said to me, this is how I want you to know my word. I want you to know my word like you know your house in the dark. If you know your house in the dark, you'll never get lost because you know where you're at. You know it that well. How many of you have ever had to navigate your house in the dark, right? And he said to me as I sat down and began to think about it, he said, he said, I want you to know my word like you know your house in the dark so that when darkness of life comes upon you, you will not be lost and you will be able to navigate when you are consumed or when darkness is surrounding you. And so that's one of my points this, this morning is know God's word so well that when the storms of life come, you're not like the old guys in the Bible that would rip their clothes and throw dirt on their face to show that they were distressed. That when the darkness of life comes, you know you put on that armor of God and you go to battle. You don't crumble. You begin to fight back against the darkness because you know what God's word says and you know in the end we win, amen? You know God's word like you know your house in the dark. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Like Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. Now I want you to bear with me as I try and give you a comparison to hearing God's voice and a little bit of elk hunting. So I began to to research elk hunting Myself, I'm more of an archery hunter. I use a bow and arrow, but there is a section where, you know, if you don't get anything with your bow and arrow, you, you, you can use a rifle for a set amount of days. But regardless of what you're using, the, the technique is still the same. You need to go out to where these animals are, and you need to call them in. You know, you have to call them in. They're not just going to walk in front of you unless you're going 55 miles per hour on the highway and don't have any insurance coverage, that's the only time that you'll find one running in front of you. And what, what hunters and scientists or zoologists have learned over time is that, that when these animals call and, they, and they, 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 they're called bugles from, from bull elk, when they bugle, there's emotion that's behind it. And in and, and different ways that they call, uh, they react different, you know, and some are threatening, some are just, hey, how you doing? Um, but we're going to get into some of these as I try and mimic. So the first one that we are going to do is called the uh, location bugle. So bear with me for a sec.
So that one is just like, hey, where y'all at? Where's the party at? And normally if there's elk in the area, they'll respond back with something similar, okay? The next one is the cow call. Let's see if I can do this one with cotton mouth. We'll take a swallow real quick. This is the cow call. Female elk are known as cows. So I'm not out there. (laughs) There's a distinct difference. Let's see if I can do it. That one is just a female elk saying, hey, I'm over here. I'm looking for a boyfriend. I'm looking for a sugar daddy. And if you don't know anything about elks, there's a lot of girlfriends because they run in a harem. They, the bull goes around and collects a bunch of females, all right? So then the next is a challenge bugle or a grunt. Now, this, this one is like, hey, you're stepping in my zone. You better back up. I'm going to come get you. Or it's, hey, I'm stepping in your zone. I'm taking your spot, and I'm taking your girls, all right? It's really hard to do a chuckle with one of those. Normally, you have a tube and then that little reed that I put in my mouth, and it gives more of a vibration. There's more emotion to it. So they give a shorter but more powerful bugle and then they you know kind of grunt with it like back up back up back up and uh and that's how you get them to come in at various seasons of of the rut if you don't know what the rut is it's the mating season for uh the animals i'm out of breath for that but just as these calls uh draw them into the hunter their response draws the hunter in and it draws the elk into them too. And it sounds for pretty familiar to me, right? Does that sound familiar? If I'm calling this animal and he's coming to me and I'm going to him and I'm continually calling, that reminds me a lot of James 4, 8 that says, come to close to God and he will come close to you. What hunters and scientists have learned with these different calls is that certain reactions, depending on the circumstances, And in studying this, the key word studying is knowing the difference between the real thing and another hunter. For instance, opening day. I'm out there with my buddy Tommy, and we're at the tallest peak in the area, Red Horse Mountain, and the daylight hits, we start walking. We start walking, and I, you know, there's the valley, you know, they they have fingers of different valleys, drainages that go down in the mountain. And so what you want to do is you want to get on either the, the middle of them and on either side you'll bugle down. And if you hear something, you start heading down to get closer after them. And, and so we started walking and I bugled this loud bugle and I hear echo, I hear echo, and then I hear a grunt real close to me. And he's right there with me. And I'm like, oh, he's over here. So I get over there and I do it again. But this time it sounds different. And I call again. Then it was all weird, and I was like, oh, it's another hunter letting me know that he's in the area. He doesn't want to get shot. I don't want to get shot, so we got out of there. But I knew the difference because I've been studying the real thing. 
I know what the real thing sounds like. I know what, what the tracks that they make look like. I can tell the difference between an elk's hoof print and a, and a hunter's boot print because I studied. I know the difference. There are times that a bull will only come so far during the rut that they have all their girls with them. They don't need to go out and get another, another uh, cow because if you're sitting there with that reed and you're ee, ee, trying to get that bull to come away from his already established herd, he's not going to come out there. The only way he's going to come out is if you challenge him, and that comes with emotion. And so you get in close to him and you say, hey, I'm coming to take your spot. Hey, I'm coming to to take your girl, but even then, sometimes he will only come so far. And I think sometimes we cry out to God and say, God, where are you? God, I need you. And he comes, and I think he stops right there just to see how much farther you'll push. Do you really need him that bad? What are you calling for? Are you calling for a favor, or are you calling to converse with me? And when God dropped that on me, I said, man, how many times do we call out to God just nonchalant, like, you know, we have a ritual or a routine that we say a prayer in the car on our way to work or on our way to school or, or wherever. It's that same passion and emotion in, in the conversation with God as if you were praying and crying out for a family member on their deathbed. I know there's a time and a place for that, and I'm not trying to be crazy, but Sometimes I think God really wants us to go the extra mile in communing with him. And so as, as, as those, those calls don't draw that bull any closer, what you begin to do is you pick up a stick and you rub it against a tree. And that, gets, that really gets them fired up because they think that another elk is rubbing his antlers on a tree and, uh, or there's a fight going on and he wants to be a part of it. And sometimes that gets that extra effort from the hunter, gets that, that, that connection, gets that bull to come out. In the same way the, the hunter uses these calls to draw on these, these bulls, these animals, the world has these things that call out to us. The enemy has these things that sound good. He has these, these bugles that, hey, that sounds pretty good. There's various calls that get us to respond, whether it's the news, whether it's a TV series, a famous preacher, a politician, a songwriter, or something on social media. When we see these things, when we read these things, when we hear these songs, there are a reaction that comes from us. There is emotion that goes with that reaction, and sometimes it causes us to take action. And a lot of the times we can get so consumed with the voices that we're hearing around us that we forget to listen to the one voice that matters, which is God's. And if we're not careful, if we listen to those voices around us, those voices will draw us into a situation where the hunter, the hunter is waiting to strike to take us out. That sounds familiar too, right? The Bible says that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. We must know the difference between God's voice, our opinions, our opinions, and the enemy's voice. 
Sometimes these voices or these calls that we hear in our life, they sound like they're a good thing. They sound like they're a real deal, but they sound like they would be beneficial for our family. But in reality, they can be, there can be destruction waiting for us and our family. Is it important to know God's word like we know our house in the dark so that when he speaks to us, we respond, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. Not run somewhere else and say, hey, did you call me? And it be, we're looking for the wrong voice. We're listening to the wrong voice. We hear God's voice, but we think it's something else. Sometimes maybe it's a, a job opportunity or moving to another state that can sound like it's amazing, but... Is it God's voice or is it just something that sounds similar? Is it an opinion? Is it emotion that is drawing or helping us make that decision? He's given us a book of instruction. And by studying these instructions, we can tell the difference between the enemy's voice and God's voice. Now, Hunting requires you to get off your butt and go do something. You can't just sit around and be lazy. So you got to hoof it. And sometimes you're in areas that you've never been before. Me, I'm new to the state. I'm new to the area. I had no clue where to even start. So they have this app. It has a compass. It has, you know, terrain features. It has everything. And I said, okay, I'm going to start here and I'm going to work on this. Well, I get out there, there's no phone signal, so I'll, I get to hoofing, and I'm five, six miles deep, and I run into an area where, like, okay, I don't want to go down this and then way up this. This fat boy don't like to hike too much, so I take the easier routes. And so I'm like, I'm going to head back. We'll get in the side-by-side, -side and we'll, we'll hit it from the other side. And then I'm like, where am I? Where, which way did we come from? You know? We were, we were chasing this bull. I called, I heard him respond, and I headed as fast as I could in that direction to try and catch him. Now I call, I don't hear anything, and I don't know where I'm at because I was so focused on this, this bugle that I was, was going to get what I was looking for. But I ended up lost. It could have been another hunter, and he knew it was me, and he stayed silent. And so now I'm in an area that I'm not familiar with. And I'm in danger of being shot by somebody who's probably not paying attention too well. Sometimes in life we can pursue these dreams and these, these college goals and these sports goals and all these things that we want and we can get lost. We can get caught up in all the hype of what the world says is, is, is cool, all what is trendy and, and popular and we can get lost. Or we're worried about the new toy that our neighbor has and so we got to go out and get a new one too. We can get lost. And I find myself in this moment where I was just consumed with, with fear. I'm going to get eaten by a mountain lion. I'm going to run into a bear. I'm going to get shot by another hunter. I'm, what am I going to do? I have got, I've, there's nothing I could do. And I pulled out my phone and I remembered that there was a compass feature that doesn't require any internet service. So in life, when you are lost, in life, when you get a bad medical report, when, when, when finances are tough, when bills are piling up, when gas prices are through the roof and you don't know what you're going to do, you pull out that compass, which is God's word, and you begin to look for guidance and get back on the right path so that you can find out where you need to go and listen to God's voice as he's calling you, come this way. 
Don't worry about what you're hearing over here. Don't worry about what the doctor says over here. Don't worry about what the news says over here. Don't worry about if these people in another country are going to come invade us over here. Worry about me. Listen to my voice. Because God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But just remember, when you get lost, you can always pull out God's word, that compass. And I think a lot of the times that we get lost is we try and go out on our own. We try and handle things our own way. And we avoid going to God and going to the altar because we're ashamed of what we have done. And that's a tool of the enemy. And the moment that you find yourself lost, the moment that you figure out that you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you need to hit the altar, hit your knees. And ask for forgiveness. Too many times our pride gets in the way. And we think that we're not worthy. And we think we're too stubborn. And, and, or we are too stubborn to, to come to God. And that's all he wants from the beginning. How many times would, would you go around town with a big old gash wound in your side. And be like, no, I got it. I'm good. You wouldn't. You would go to the doctor. You'd go to the hospital right away to get it fixed. That's what we need to do when we are consumed with sin in our life. We need to go to the one who can fix us, the one who can cleanse us, to make us whole, and, and that gives us salvation. There's too many times that we let our pride get in the way. Or maybe we just like the life of sin for a while. But that only lasts for a little while. Then what are you going to do? You done... Ruined your name because everybody saw you wilding out everywhere. That's not in my notes. I need to get back on track. If you're lost, pull out God's word and find your way back. Amen. Whew, I'm sweating. The worship team can come up. I have one more story. I know I've told it here before, but I'm going to tell it again because this is one of the moments that I heard God's voice and he encouraged me to carry on. Years ago, there Westside used to have, uh, I say years ago, it was probably like a year or two ago, maybe three. Um, they used to have a Westside Spartans team. And if you don't know what that is, that was when we would run the obstacle course together, you know, four miles, obstacles in the way. And uh, during my time in the Army, I hurt both my knees, had surgery on them. Uh, I was, I was working out. I had three, four months to prepare. I was running, lifting weights, doing everything that I could to prepare for this thing. And, and I was, I was working my tail off and I get there and our time was called. It was our time to run. And before the race even starts, you got to go over two obstacles to get to the starting line. And I was like, what the heck did I get myself into? And as I began to jump over that first wall, my knee just locked up. So much pain, I could put no weight on it. And I was like, man, what am I going to do? I paid the money. I've trained so hard. I can't just quit. I mean, if I got to limp this course, I'm going to limp it. But I began to just be flooded with doubt and fear that I couldn't finish it and I would make it worse. And whatever reason, I was prompted that. I didn't come this far to only come this far. And so I stuck it out. It ended up loosening up, and I ended up finishing the race with, you know, with the rest of the team. It was a slower time because they helped me through everything. But I didn't come that far to only go that far. You know, sometimes in life when we're faced with things, we think this is it. You know, it was said this morning that, you know, if you're not dead, God's not done. 
It's so hard to remember that when we're caught up in the emotion of our situation, but we have to know that God is, is all powerful and bigger than anything. We love to, to read about God's word and, and how he healed people and how he raised from the dead and all these things, but we have doubt that he can't do it for us. Why? Why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we limit God? It's in those moments where we feel that we're consumed and, 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 and the calls of the world are just drowning out God saying, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Choose me. And having an ear for God's voice is knowing God's word. Like you know your house in the dark. And I hope it encouraged you this morning to know that wherever you are in your life, whatever that you are dealing with, you didn't come this far to only come this far. There's a lot of work that still needs to be done in this world and God has chosen you to help do it. Amen. read this last bit here. I might repeat myself a little bit, but I feel that it's necessary. So get to know God's word. Get to know his voice like you know your house in the dark. His word will guide you through every situation. His word doesn't tell us to go on our journey alone. He doesn't tell us to just read the, read the Bible and it magically everything will get better. It he has instructed us as brothers and sisters to lean on one another, to help carry each other's burdens and to be there for one another and to lay hands on one another because the Bible says that the prayer of a righteous person has power as it is working. So this morning, I hope this silly example of how elks react to man-made calls can be a reminder that there's a lot of voices out there and there's a lot of things calling for your attention. Know the difference between the enemy's call and God's call. Just as I had to do research to understand how an elk sounds so that I can mimic it. We are to research God's word so that we can mimic Christ. After all, being a Christian means to be Christ-like. So we're gonna go into a time of prayer this morning if everybody will bow their heads and close their eyes. Pastor elaborated on a little bit this morning about salvation. If you don't know who the Lord is, there's you know, a series of things that we need to believe in order to have that true salvation. And as I'm talking to you this morning, maybe, maybe you're like Samuel, you've never heard, you've come to church, but you've never heard the voice of God. And I'm not talking about an audible voice, I'm talking, you know, the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you, telling you, don't do this, don't do that, or you should be involved in ministry, or I have a calling for you. If you've never heard God's voice before, this morning we're gonna have an opportunity for you to come to the altar and, and I want you to posture your heart to receive from God. Just as Eli instructed Samuel that to go lay down and the next time you hear your voice, you say, here I am, your servant is listening. So if you've never heard 
the voice of God before or have the Holy Spirit prompt you and you would like to hear from God this morning on maybe guidance in the situation that you're going through, maybe guidance in the next step of your life. If you've never heard from God before, you come and posture yourself to say, you kneel at this altar and you say, God, your servant is listening. This morning, if you've heard from God and been used by God and been in ministry for a while, but maybe you've, you've got a dry spell, maybe God's just beyond the brush and he's waiting for you to take that extra step before he calls out and intervenes. You need to take that extra step this morning to hear God's voice because it's been a while. Whether, whether it's backsliding or maybe it's just a season in your life that you're going through. If that's you this morning, I want you to come up and posture yourself as well and say, Lord, your servant is listening. So as the worship team begins to sing, begin to make your way to the front. Because nothing that I can say, nothing that the pastor can say can do it for you. It takes action. It takes boldness. Just like I can't sit on the couch and hunt elk, I have to get out into the environment. I have to get out to where they are. You have to get up out of your seat into the presence of God and put aside pride and put aside doubt and put aside fear and say, God, your servant is listening. So if that's you this morning, make your way up to the front. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks. Thank you.